Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If George Floyd was a white American citizen and he suffered this painful, torturous death with a police officer knee on his neck, nobody, nobody, nobody will be saying this is a hard case. What the attorney Benjamin Crump did and Al Sharpley did yesterday uh, outside the courthouse uh, was an insult to the rule of law. This case is being tried inside a courtroom, not in the court of public opinion. I'll let the facts play out in the courtroom, but I think what they did yesterday was an insult, coupled with the fact that they announced a civil settlement. They did nothing more than try to influence the jury pool. I found it disgusting. That was Leo Terrell, a civil rights attorney who we had on the show earlier. Check out the podcast for Hour 2. Pretty interesting conversation about some of the things that were being said outside the courtroom yesterday morning which we just played for you and uh they're making the argument the um al sharpton and others making the argument that this isn't just about george floyd this is the american justice system on trial oh boy well if you're going to use that standard it's going to turn ugly and for the record there have been some absolutely heartbreaking situations where white people have been killed unjustifiably by the cops and yeah it unfolded in more or less the same way and, and often with not very satisfying conclusions, Reverend Al. And again, anybody who reveres Al Sharpton, you got to screw loose. So we talked to Leo about those issues, but then we talked to him about what actually happened in the trial yesterday. That was pretty interesting, too. It's, it's really, really clear that it's going to be a battle of uh, medical experts arguing over whether the knee was a uh, was the major factor that killed George Floyd or whether it was a minor factor the guy overdosed and and one side or the other's got to convince all twelve jurors that their side is is the right one. That's a tough one because I can't even imagine how. I don't think they can. There's no way doctors can put like a percentage on it accurately. I don't think they could guess, obviously, but they don't know if it was, you know, ten percent the knee or fifty one percent the knee and forty nine percent the drugs and. Right, and and from the perspective of a human being, if that knee was the 10% that got me to 100 and now I'm dead, I sure as hell wish that knee hadn't been on my neck and I'd be alive if it wasn't. And I'm not trying to convict the guy. I'm just saying I I could so easily see a hung jury, a failure to get a unanimous verdict either way, and then there will be, first of all, there will be rioting, there will be violence, there will be blood in the streets, uh, because there always is when the left doesn't get what they want. And then... There will be the controversy over whether to to, to retry uh, Derek Chauvin again, and they probably will. The trial is expected to take weeks. What will they be talking about for weeks? I heard two to four weeks. It's a long four time. Four weeks, according to some legal experts, is twice as long as two weeks. So I guess they don't really have any idea. It's going to be a lot of medical testimony. I mean, yesterday they spent a tremendous amount of time with this 911 dispatcher lady who yeah. uh, was watching a video feed from across the street and thought things were wrong. She even thought her video was frozen because uh, Derek Chauvin was on George Floyd's neck for so long. She thought, this is not right, and called a supervisor. You know, it was kind of dramatic, but she was on the stage for a long, long time. Um, I think I'm sorry, it, the stand, not the stage. I think it's interesting that, do I understand this right, that part of the prosecution argument is george floyd was so used to taking drugs that they wouldn't have 
had that effect on him and killed him. He had a tolerance. They were making the argument, no, no, he's a regular drug user, so he'd built up a tolerance. He wouldn't have died from this amount of drugs. That's a heck of a defense for your uh, client uh, against uh, dying of drugs. You're, you're trying to prosecute the other guy. I'm confusing everyone here. But uh, right. making the argument that your client is, no, no, my client is such a drug addict and been using so many drugs for so long, he's built up a very strong tolerance to this sort of thing. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. give it. Yeah, interesting. They're trying to establish reasonable doubt on the reasonable doubt. Um, so is, Did I say that one too many times? Is anyway. Chauvin sitting in there, I assume? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I yeah. haven't seen any shots of him, I don't think. I don't know what ability they have because I'm watching right now. It's live. Uh, I don't know if they have the ability to turn the cameras around or do a different shot because, you know, in the OJ trial, you could see all kinds of people all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I know I've seen plenty of stills of him sitting there in his mask, but uh, I don't know if he's been on video. What's the worst he could get that he's being charged with? Leo Terrell, when we had him on earlier, thought he was overcharged. Yeah, I, I don't have that in front of me. Second degree murder, I think. But then, but again, you have to read the specific description of the charge. And I can get that for the next segment if you want, but I don't have it in front of me. No, this will be going on for a long time, so... I don't think we yeah. need to get into the nitty-gritty yet. but He could get 25 to life, though, for the most serious charge, just to give you an idea of the weight of the thing. But you think there's a decent chance he just walks out of there? Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a decent chance of it. It just depends how the trial goes. And I think he might, quote-unquote, walk out of there in that it's a hung jury. I think there's a really good chance of that. Because 11 to 1 is a hung jury in either direction. There's no verdict. We all go home. There will be mayhem. Yes. There will be mayhem almost no matter what because, well, unless he gets convicted of the second-degree murder and gets sentenced to 35 years, but that's not going to happen. I just I don't think the facts bear that out. Is there anything that can be done about the Al Sharptons of the world trying to whip this up so that there is mayhem or even worse mayhem if the verdict doesn't come out the way they want. Is there anything that can be done about that from a free speech standpoint? Yeah. Isn't it it kind of along the lines of uh, yelling fire in a crowded movie theater? Or inciting a riot? No, it's not not direct enough, according to my vague memories of my readings of this stuff in college. But, you know, what could be done, though, is if more people like us, and that sounds like we're patting ourselves on the back, or I am, but that's not what I mean, but if... if, uh, I mean, MSNBC and CNN and and the Washington Post and the New York Times and everybody should point out what is obviously race baiting and whipping people up and prejudging the outcome of a trial. That's horrible. And it was not long ago at all that they would be called out for that on on either side. Well, I only watched one segment on CNN yesterday, but it sure looked to me like CNN was presenting this as if we all know what the verdict should be Mm -hmm. and anything else would be a mistake. Yeah. That's what it looked like on CNN to me, at least the one show I watched. 100%. Oh, yeah, that's been their coverage all along. Huh. That's not good. No, it is not. I, I, I fear for what's going to happen this, uh, well, at the end of this trial. I wonder if there's any new information coming we don't know about. That video yesterday was an angle nobody had seen before. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that it'll fundamentally change anything. I know the defense will show the entire video that I've seen of the entire encounter where George Floyd is yelling, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, 10 minutes before when nobody's on him or doing anything. Mm. And it sure sounds like a guy who, if indeed he was being sincere, 
was having some sort of medical problem, totally unconnected to anybody kneeling on his neck, because nobody was kneeling on his neck. And they'll show the video of the previous traffic stop in which he was doing the same thing because he'd gobbled down a bunch of drugs. And I'm telling you, that's going to be enough to convince one to 12 jurors that they're not sure that Chauvin killed him. Beyond a reasonable doubt is a really high standard. Right. Um. So- and again, for the record, I'm sorry, but as I said this earlier, I think Derek Chauvin... We agreed earlier to call him Chauvin. I've heard Chauvin, Shavin, Shaven, and Chauvin. Are we missing anything? Sheevan? Anyway, uh, I think he is a, a, a cruel bastard. I think he decided to administer a little street justice to somebody who was giving him a really hard time and making his job really difficult. And he could have gotten off the guy many minutes earlier. And, in fact, one of his cohorts was saying, look, shouldn't you let the guy up? Um, and the dispatcher was so troubled by it, uh, she called a sergeant, something she's never done before. Mm. That's so powerful. I, I'm not saying he's a nice guy and he should have done that. Far from it. I'm just talking about the chances of getting a conviction. So I saw some financial news from the Wall Street Journal about housing today that scared the hell out of me and should scare you. Can tell you about yeah. that next. The CDC director's really worried. The president's really worried about a fourth wave of uh, COVID, but I just don't think the science and math backs up their worry. I don't think so either. A number of other things on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Amy Schumer, the comedian, getting her vaccine yesterday. I was just Amidst on the... some sort of caravan, circus, and traffic jam. I, I, I'm wearing very expensive headphones. I couldn't understand what was going on. I was just on the phone with the pharmacy, so I got the heads up of a particular mom-and-pop little pharmacy in a particular neighborhood that's been running low every day and having shots left over at the end of the day. Running low on customers. Oh. And, uh, and so I called and got on the, the wait list, but... This at least around where I am, I don't know what it's like in whatever state you live, at least around where I am. It's a complete like just random rush. People just kind of word of mouth how you go about doing. It's really not the best way to dole out the vaccine. No, it's very so much state to state and even county by county within states. I was reading up uh, the counties near the radio ranch, and it's just most of them. If you go to the county website, they have how it's supposed to work. <clears throat> Some of them will send you to the state website. But if you want to jump the line, like I don't qualify yet. Um, if you want to jump the line, you got to call all these places individually. If you call every pharmacy, like, and if you live in a city. You count your CVSs, your Walgreens, your you know, all your different kinds of pharmacies. It might be fifty places that are within a short drive of you. Hmm. Um, you got need to call them all every day and get on their list. 
So like, uh, oh, like a waiting list? Yeah, or a... yeah, that's what they do. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, you let them know, hey, if you have extra at the end of the day, give me a call. I'll be there in 10 minutes. And then they do that. I know I know uh, at least a couple different people who have who have done that. Yeah. Well, and I know, you know, living in California, the governor just idiotically announced that if you if a person is eligible and they bring the family member with, go ahead and shoot up the family member, yeah. which is just insane. So obviously things are getting a little loose. Or are they? I don't know. I don't it'll change again tomorrow. You know, one is speaking of the vid as long as we are Earlier today, we went over this in a little more detail, but I have so many different articles quoting the the lady from the CDC about being really scared. Mm-hmm. And here's the headline. We're skating on a knife's edge right now, said some scientist from some university you've never heard of. She says specifically she feels scared. Right. She doesn't like the, the, get out a chart with numbers on it and explain why it's scary because that right. doesn't exist. Well, and they mentioned the uh, cases are up 10% compared to a week earlier, although That's true. It, it, the articles mentioned that it's almost entirely young people. So almost entirely people will be perfectly fine if they even find out they have the damn thing. But there's no rhyme or reason to where it's up. There are 30 states where cases are up, but that doesn't include, for instance, Texas, where the president yesterday said, we, we, please reinstate the mask mandates. Well, Texas is one of the states where they're down currently. And it's up, it's up significantly in almost exclusively blue states, which are still locked down. So again, as Jack said, there's no rhyme nor reason. They mentioned that hospitalizations and deaths, which usually lag cases by a few weeks, have inched upwards as well. Yeah, they've inched upwards. So let's, let's take it easy. But so I'm looking at all this harem scarum stuff, all this uh, negative stuff, knife's edges, and I'm scared to death right now and the rest of it. Yesterday, it was around this time during the show, if you're listening live, we brought you a development from UC Davis, University of California. Davis, they they think they've discovered why some people recover from COVID and some don't, and it has to do with a really attitude. common bio... bio it's no, all it's about not your attitude. <clears throat> no, it has to do with how we, you break down a particular fat under stress, and that'll trigger uh, your, your lungs and uh, block the pulmonary or respiratory symptoms, blah, blah, blah. It's complicated, but they've figured out the, the kink in genetics that indicates how you'll do, and they think they can neutralize it. I, I just spent the last commercial break looking all over the Internet, even in the corner. I looked under the boxes. Uh, I can't find this story reprinted anywhere or distributed anywhere. Nobody has any interest in it. So super good news about combating this. Nowhere, her feelings that it could get bad everywhere. Everywhere. That's your Absolutely. point. Absolutely. Um, yeah. uh, so is there any way to know ahead of time whether or not I break down the fats in the bad way or the good way? Yeah, well, they can check real quickly. If they decide, yeah, this is an indicator, and indeed, if by the time they get this uh, going, there's even any need to worry about the COVID, although it could be that this applies to future respiratory diseases as well. This might just be a breakthrough, period. Well, yeah, they'll be able to take you in. They'll do a quick blood test, and they'll say, yeah, you have the biomarker, so we're going to immediately do this to block the acute respiratory distress syndrome. Uh, which uh, happens in some people, but not others. It's a metabolite that gets pr- produced, Jack. How are your metabolites? Oh, they're awesome. They, well, kick, they kick ass. Well, that may be a problem, then. Why you got to neutralize any- those biatches. Why would anybody be scared to death of the COVID at all? 55% of people get no symptoms. Only 13% even get a fever. Like 1% end up in the hospital, and a tiny percent die. All right. 
I'm not I mean, s- I'd prefer not to get it. Sure. But, uh, I understand not. mathematics. I, I'll probably be perfectly fine. Yeah. Well, that's certainly the most likely thing. Unless I got that metabolite. Yeah, I know it. And we were talking earlier as well about these uh, 24-year-olds, 25-year-olds interviewed in San Francisco are terrified to go outside for a walk. And are talking about how they, they're just not ready for regular life. That's a story about a mentally ill person. Or it's a story about a person who's been so cowed by sensationalistic coverage and dishonest politicians that their perception of reality has been twisted. That ought to be the topic of the article. Yeah. It shouldn't be about look how scared people are. It should be look at how crazy people have gotten. A 24-year-old go do freaking anything. Unless you have some dread disease, go to a disco and dance all night. The chances are vastly more that you'll be perfectly fine. So the trial continues. They've got an underage witness testifying now, so they don't have the camera on them because they're underage. But I guess one thing that's going to make this trial last a while is they're going to talk to every single person that witnessed this and ask them you know, what they saw. So... And there, there was a crowd around there. It was a busy street in the, in the middle of the day. In the yeah, city. movingly, there were people begging Derek Chauvin to get off the guy's neck, reasoning with him, saying, look, I'm an EMT. One guy said, I'm, I'm a martial artist. That hold you're applying, you've got to let that go. Yeah, that'll be some powerful testimony. If you're a juror uh-huh. and you hear person after person after person say, we were begging him to get off his neck and he wouldn't do it, that'll, that'll leave a mark. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'll get to my scary, scary financial real estate thing in a second, but it scares me. Um, the uh, I got some good news for art lovers. I love art. Also, also this. Maryland, I love art that I love. I don't love art that I don't love. That's where I stand. All right. You can argue all you want. <laughs> I'm on a poetry kick, as you know. Oh, good man. Culture. It's good for you. I'll have to read to you one of the most successful poems of the last many decades. It's so short. Successful at what? Um, uh, Being reprinted, talked about, books about, college classes about, etc. Poetry never built a house. That's what I say. I did that for you coming up, because I don't get it, is the reason I want to. But anyway. Oh. Hmm. Um. Maryland's changing their state song. Does anybody know their state song anywhere they live? Marylanders might. Well, oh, oh, oh. Do you know your state song? Any place you've ever lived in your life? I haven't. I think Home on the Range was the Kansas state song. This is is silly. States can't sing. I don't understand this. On Wisconsin when I lived there. Wasn't on Wisconsin? That's the school, right? Not the state. No, nobody knows their state song. You're right. That's my point. Anyway, so Maryland is changing their state song because there is some claims that it had to do with the, uh, you know, not politically correct. And I thought, oh, another cancel culture coming for a state song. What kind of stupidity is that? No, this one they probably should get rid of. (laughs) Um, It actually refers to Abraham Lincoln as a despot. (laughs) In their song? In their song. The late great? The despot's heel is on thy shore, Maryland. Wow. (laughs) So it's a it's a Confederacy song, and it refers to the Union as Northern scum. 
Wow, that's pungent. I mean, I that's say, some strong stuff. That's just funny. How did it last till 2021? That's because nobody knows their state song or pays any attention. So finally, somebody just looked at the lyrics. Hey, did you know that her state song refers to the Union as the Northern Scum and uh, the most revered president in U.S. history as a despot? I didn't know nice. that. So they're going to change it to, I don't know, dancing on the ceiling or something else. I don't know. Some sort of innocuous, up with Maryland crap that means nothing to anybody. But it's better than than that. I mean, that's no good. <laughs> it, tell you what, you ought to. I think it's still in print. I don't know. Buy yourself a copy of the Impossible H. L. Mencken. It's a collection of his newspaper columns, and there are so many that are just so incredibly good and literate and funny and sarcastic and great language. Uh, but the, he put out a series of columns in I. Think the twenties, uh, the nineteen twenties. But uh, don't don't hold me to that. But uh, he was uh, writing against not only the rash of lynchings of black men in Maryland, but the silence of the media about it and the mm-hmm. complicity of the government. And man, he was crusading against it. It was heroic stuff and really troubling stuff about that part of the twentieth century. But um, again, that book is the Impossible H. L. Mencken. Or if you forget, go to armstrongandgetty.com and just read Moby Dick. (laughs) Volkswagen is really rebranding as Volkswagen in the United States. They're changing their name. With a T? Of the American brand to Volkswagen. V-O-L-T, as in electric. Hmm. A not-so-subtle nod to their multi-billion dollar effort to become the biggest electric vehicle manufacturer in the world. The race is Hmm. on. So there you go. And a not-so-subtle Nazi stepping away since they were founded under Hitler. Um, And here's the troubling financial news that I mentioned. Home prices, according to the Wall Street Journal today, home prices grew at their fastest rate in nearly 15 years last month. Hooray! And I thought to myself, 15 years? When was the last time home prices grew this fast? Hmm. It happens to be at the absolute (laughs) peak in 2006 before they started to decline and then went off a cliff nationwide in the biggest housing crash probably in world history. Moving up. Moving up. So the last time home prices jumped this much in a month was right before the big crash. Well, why don't we uh, quote experts explaining why this isn't a bubble. It's actually been uh, reinforced uh, demand, according to demographics. That was exactly what we were hearing in 2005, 2004. I remember that. I remember reading real estate experts explaining why it wasn't a bubble, and nobody mentioned uh, credit default swaps. Nobody mentioned government policies that forced banks to lend to subprime lenders. Nobody said any of that. It was just, no, increased demand according to uh, worker movement patterns, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you ready for this poem? I am. And I am on a poetry kick. I've listened. I can't tell you how many uh, YouTube videos of college lectures about meter and assonance and alliteration uh, <laughs> in the last week or so and reading poems and Poetry collections and stuff like that. For the first time in my life, I'm into poetry. I've never really been into it. You know, one of the big big things that hit me uh, a week or so ago was uh, when I heard somebody smart say, you're not supposed to understand it. Oh, okay. What? I'm not just an idiot then. Oh, okay. Well, then I feel better about it. You're not supposed to understand it. Why am I reading it? Not immediately or easily. Or maybe oh. ever. 
Or maybe well, it'll I'm not ch- reading it. Maybe it'll change for you over your lifetime. But anyways, maybe you've been converted to this nonsense. Not me. I'm going to stand stubbornly against it. So I was at this poetry magazine, and they were talking about the most reprinted poems uh, in the last uh, quarter century and that sort of stuff. And I said, oh, I thought I'll start there. This is, this is the most reprinted poem of the last however many years. There are, uh, and then I went to YouTube, and there are hours-long college lectures about this particular poem. Books have been written about it. Great Scott. It's very short. Are you ready? Is it, is it by Dice Clay? It is not by Andrew Dice Clay. Okay. It's called The Red Wheelbarrow. I like it already. Tim Sandifer is going to kill me for my uh, the way I handle this whole thing, as he is a published <laughs> poet and takes this all very seriously. <laughs> the Red Wheelbarrow. I'll read all four lines. It won't take long. So much depends upon a red wheelbarrow. Glazed with rain water beside the white chickens. I'm done. That's it. That was the whole what? Thing. So much no, depends. Sure. Turn the page. See if there's more. <laughs> Is there anything on the back? <laughs> so much depends upon a red wheelbarrow glazed with rain water beside the white chickens. That's nonsense right there. <laughs> That's what that is. It's a bunch of smart people pretending that that's just ridiculous. See, that's that's what I that's what I think. So even though I'm on this poetry kick, I think it's got a bit of the do you see blue or gold aspect to it. I mean, like okay, again, and I hate to anger our good friend Tim, but I understand how as a mental exercise it might be fun to talk about all the things it could mean. But you could almost do that uh, looking at a squirrel, a picture of a squirrel, or, <laughs> you know, riffing about its little paws and how they can glow up trees. And what if humans could go up trees? And what do squirrels eat? Nuts. And I don't know. It, it does seem like it's one of those things where if you're with a certain crowd, you'd want to, oh, man, that is, uh, I need to think about that for quite a while. You wouldn't want to just say, that's stupid. <laughs> Well, th- my problem with it is, and, and you said that's like the most celebrated poem oh, yeah. in the last oh, quarter yeah. century? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Wow. My problem with it is it seems intentionally obscure. There are college classes the entire semester is about that poem. Phew, I'm dropping. <laughs> I am so dropping that. Or I'm going to be drunk. Do I need to go every day? <laughs> I feel like we covered this. Are we going to read that poem again? I just... <laughs> Professor, I've come to class straight. I've come to class stoned, I've come to class drunk, and I'm telling you, every single time I come to class, I think, that poem is silly. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? I just, uh, my problem is that it's... Do you want to hear it again? Do you think you missed something? I bet I, I did. I really don't. Okay. Well, go ahead. So much... So, wait a second, I think I have it uh, memorized. So much depends on a red wheelbarrow Close. glazed with rain. Next to the white chickens. Pretty close. Because there's no the. Although the the breaks are considered genius. Oh, and the stanzas. Because it's breaks. four stanzas. <clears throat> All right. With uh, uh, stanza. four breaks in it. <laughs> four breaks in it. I'll read it with exaggerated breaks for the breaks and the stanzas. Okay. okay. And all right, see then it'll helps. all come clear. <laughs> you want here music? We go. Music might help. Couldn't hurt. Um, here we go. So... I don't think that's going to help. If you laugh during it, it doesn't help either. <laughs> Again, I'm exaggerating the, the, the stanzas and the bricks. 
So much depends upon a red wheel. Now, the music Barrel. is too distracting, Michael. Turn it off. Turn it off. I don't Start know how to Jack. read breaks in poetry. Even though <clears> I did... Just stop talking. I did... <laughs> I did poetry reading in uh, forensics in high school. And I would stand up there in my three-piece suit with my hand in my pocket, which I was graded down for, and read my poem. What? Yes, because I remember after one of them, after I read my poem up there, the, the, the one of the judges wrote, don't put your hand in your pocket. It took me down a full letter grade for that. Wow, were you toying with your junk, or was your hand just in your pocket? He thought it was an attempt to be too cool or something. Oh, shut up. Anyway, back to the poem. I'm reading poetry with a suit on. (laughs) Why didn't I get more girls? Anyway... (laughs) Hard to imagine. Here we go. Here, now this is the this is the series. How would ahead. you read it? So there's a there's a spe- there, there, there's a break after depends before upon and a break after wheel before barrel. How do you read the stanza a red wheelbarrow when there's a break after the wheel, without sounding stupid? You're supposed there's to sound like, stupid. It's poetry. A red wheel barrow. That sounds odd. That sounds really odd. Anyway, I'll read it again. It's very okay. short. Here we go. So much depends upon. A red wheel barrow, glazed with rain, water, beside the white chickens. Maybe it works better in print. <laughs> I, don't, I like that the breaks are both after the colors. I think that really ties. That's that's some of it. Yeah. The uh, I mean, what the intention of the struggle of the chicken is it like in the shape of a wheelbarrow the way it's printed, or is it's that it? clearly about man's inhumanity to man? I mean, that goes without saying. All right. See, now I'm the actually intrigued. Huh? No. <laughs> Keep saying glazed. I just want donuts. <laughs> anyway, I look, I brought a little class and sophistication to the Armstrong and Getty show with one of the most celebrated pa- poems of uh, of modern life. Dang it, I'm just, actually going to have to watch like YouTube videos on this poem later. Just gave me it. a headache. That's all it did. There you go. Now somebody makes an NFT of that poem and sells <laughs> oh. it for $50 million. Oh, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I'll be even more confused. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. More parents are seeing the value of educators when they had to bring their kids and say, we're not paying them nearly enough. Wow. That's so weird and inappropriate. So that's Vice President Kamala Harris, uh, some question about her conversation about schools not being open. And she thinks the Lord, well, I'll tell you one thing that happened. Parents found out how valuable teachers are, huh? Because it's hard teaching your kids for a whole year while you try to take care of your household and maybe work a job and they're depressed and it's on Zoom. It's really, and you're really afraid hard. your teenager might commit suicide. <laughs> and all studies show that kids are learning way, 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 way less and falling behind, and it's going to be a nightmare for all teachers next year. That is funny. Yes, <laughs> hilarious. She's, God, she's, that's... she's got a weird thing with the laughter. The laughter. Yeah, I'd um, say. She's got a lot of weird things. I, America doesn't know this woman. She's awful. I would like to point out, though, again, because this is not being pointed out enough. They won. The teachers' unions won. In two ways. Not only did they get all the money that they were holding out for, and, and like double or triple that, federal money, state money, and then even more money coming from more packages, stuff like that, 
by claiming to open when they're not really in a lot of places and saying, we're open. And the stupid media reporting, they're open, even though it's like two days a week and for a couple of hours. This story has gone away. You haven't heard about it hardly at all in like a week since all these different uh, school districts under the gun opened. And I'm using my finger quotes because they didn't really open. So they won with that technique. So you have yeah, to tip it's your cap. Galling. It's, it's, it's sickening. It's, it's evil. You know, it's on the backs of children learning and their their mental health. But they won with this technique. They got it's money. Brutal. And when they pretended to open, everybody bought it. The lying, lying, ignorant media really playing a role in that, too. So uh, here's some good media for you. We barely have any time, but I wanted to slip this in. Uh, it is clear to me now, and this is heartening, is I have some huge problems with the Biden administration. I mean, really big. And when, and when old Joe kicks off or quits and Kamala's in charge, it's going to be even worse. But they are clearly rejecting the China-driven WHO COVID report, which is good. Uh, Josh Rogan wrote a really good piece in the Washington Post, a fatally flawed investigation by the World Health Organization and Chinese officials and experts only muddies the water, etc. Joint study group will release its long-awaited reports on the origins of COVID-19 on Tuesday. You can read it all here now. Unsurprisingly, the r- report promotes the theory the virus spilled over to humans in nature, etc., etc. Of course, we always knew this because the results were previewed in China's state propaganda media two weeks ago by the lead Chinese scientist, uh, the Chinese had tightly controlled the investigator's visit to Wuhan, where the outbreak originated, where the labs hold the world's largest collection of bat coronaviruses. And even before the report was issued, the Biden administration publicly questioned its objectivity and credibility, said Secretary of State Abe Blinken. Now I'm saying it. We've got real concerns about the methodology and the process that went into that report, including the fact that the government in Beijing apparently helped to write it. Good. Good. Anybody who reports on this story in any other way is just a liar or a fool. But speaking of incredibly galling victories, China won. They have barely, barely, barely plausible deniability. And that's all you need. We'll move on. Admit me, chorus to this history. Who, prologue-like, your humble patients pray. Gently to hear. Kindly to judge. The final thoughts of Armstrong and Getty. I'd like to hear, hear what him, he said. I'd like to hear him read that red wheelbarrow poem. That'd be really pretty. Couldn't hurt. Here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's start with Michelangelo, our technical director, pressing the buttons in the control room. Michael, final thought? Yeah, I wanted to read the lyrics to a Nevada State song, but it's too dirty. So um, all I can say is it starts, here I sit brokenhearted and ends mm. with, and I call that the aristocrat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Surprising. Positive Sean, our producer. Final thought, Sean? I have not had a haircut since 2019. I feel like maybe it's getting close. Now, it's not going to go back to the little boy's haircut that I had, but it'll, I'm, I'm going to get it under control a little bit more. Maybe not today, but sometime soon. Has your hair ever been this long in your no, life? No, not even close. Yeah. Ha- have you man-bunned it at any point? Not yet, but it is at the point where it's becoming annoying when I eat. So oh. Ponytail? Have you ponytailed it? No, haven't gone that far yet wow. either. Wow. Okay, Jack, final thought for us? Yeah, um... Kids are getting older, and my oldest has really gotten into wanting to watch the news every single day, various parts of the news. Like, we watched the first two stories of 60 Minutes Sunday night, and he just loves them. And it's kind of an interesting chapter that I hadn't anticipated uh, enjoying so much. 
talking about the actual events of the day as opposed to just the Thor movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which I also (laughs) enjoy talking about. Nice. Uh, My final thought is we received a number of emails on the topic of whether we should have professional jurors. And somebody pointed out, well, you'd have to change the Constitution. So never mind. Well, that yeah, would be a problem. Yeah, your peers is right there, yeah. And uh, somebody else pointed out that if you want a professional jury, well, go for a, judge, a, a bench trial. That's what a judge is. He's a pro. He'll sort through the evidence and decide which, whether he thinks it's true or not. So what we learned today from, a, from people that have been on juries, if you're guilty, go for the jury. It's your best shot. If you're innocent, you want a judge. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have a great extra-large podcast for you. Our uh, conversation with civil rights attorney Leo Terrell. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Pick up some swag. Get your T-shirt. Oh, the wonders that await at armstrongandgetty.com. See you tomorrow. God bless America. And when it's over, it is over. It is over. I'm done with this. No, no, no. Sorry. Sharp broadcast. Really good. It was epic. That's the fact, Jack. Oh, <laughs> Listen up, Jack Wagon. Word. Folks, I'm going. Thank you very, very much. Now that's Texas tough, baby. Wheel of dealing. Limousine right. Jet flying. Son of a gun. And I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo. Uh, on that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.